September 3rd, 1967, the Black and Amber Tide Turns. A four-part documentary series on KCLR, presented by Kilkenny Hurler, Michael Fenley. Hi, I'm Michael Fenley. For the third programme, is all about the day itself. The fear. The excitement. The rivalry. And not to mention, the pitch and toss. Pitch and toss. Pitch and toss, yeah. Pitch and toss, yeah. What exactly? Do you play it yourself or what exactly is that? Ah, sure, they were just uh, two two coins on a matchbox and they pitch them up and try and get the two heads up together, you know. Oh, that's what it was, okay. A few euro or a few pounds or something. We're playing cards then as well, you know. Okay, okay. Playing everything, keep your mind off of the game going up. It was an an amazing day, Michael, because we started off, we came up on the train and we started playing pitch and toss and of course there was awful competition between the bridge and Thomastown anyway like, you know, so Ollie and myself were playing pitch and toss with Shamie Clear and Penny Moran and the next thing Ollie punched up this penny up to the, the, the hockey with the call it mm-hmm. uh, the matchbox and uh, it was right beside us so we won the money and he turned around and hit his hand through the glass of the door and he actually broke the glass or broke the glass oh, and was f- flushed with blood and thankfully, Kieran Cuddy, he was waiting for, at the train to meet the team. He had to catch him, bring him over, sutured him above in James's hospital, his right arm, and then he didn't want to camouflage it with a big white bandage, mm-hmm. like he had to get a kind of a a, a, a paler colour, like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, on it. So that was starting up for one, right? We were all going to Dublin early in the morning, and... It wasn't as easy travelling to Dublin then as it is now on the road. There would have been seven of us in the car going. <laughs> and that would be the normal thing at the time. Small car. Uh, there was no no notice taken of speed limits or... Uh, well, there wasn't any speed limits. You, you went as fast as you could. You parked wherever you could. Cars then would be going the same road, honking at each other, temporary cars, container cars, flags flying. It was the era of the paper hats as well. and. You know, well, there was great excitement because there wasn't a whole pile of excitement in our lives otherwise than hurling at that time. Yeah. Fashion back then was it a. What, what, what was your war for? When years of age? <laughs> Whatever you could get. <laughs> Fashion wasn't a word that we used very often. Handy I have no handy idea. Yeah, well, you probably wore a trouser short below, but that's it. Yeah. So it was a, a suit nearly for a lot of people, and obviously younger people maybe used to have pants maybe and a short. I didn't have a suit, but just a pullover and a short, and short. trousers. And, and a hat, <laughs> have a hat, hat? Oh, the paper hats. The paper, paper hats, hats yeah, yeah, yeah. And if it rained, it took down your face. And <laughs> are they Kilkenny paper hats or are they actually? No, they'd be sitting in Dublin. Hats, so dolls, hats, rosettes, dolls. The rosette would be a big thing that's, you know, maybe six inches in circumference with okay. a doll in the middle of it. Oh. With black and amber hair, and it was temporary to blue and gold oh, hair. Yeah. The paper would be black and amber or it would be blue and gold, or depending on who was playing. Yeah. And, and, um, People would have bought them on the way up, and it's the streamers, sure. I presume, with it. Yeah, it'd probably be sixpence or a shilling in today's in today's world, and, and uh, I think the program was a shilling going in, which is five cents in today's money. Like, uh, so when we got to Dublin, the first news we heard is that Ollie had been injured on the train coming up. So you actually got wind of that. Oh, we okay. did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Near the Garden of Remembrance, there was two famous hotels there: the Castle Hotel, which was usually frequented by Kilkenny people, and Barry's Hotel, which was usually frequented by. Tipperary and Munster team people. So there is where the rumour monk you know, to be going along and meet this lad, meet that lad. Oh, geez, I heard Ollie, Ollie is out, Ollie is out, oh my God, Ollie is out. You know, he was the hero. Yeah. Uh, I cut his hand. Then later on, no, no, he had got so many stitches, but he was going to play. So um, 
the parade and all the excitement going on and who was going to win and all the usual stuff and meeting lads from Tip that you know and personally having a Tipperary grandmother I had plenty of relations to meet and they enjoyed with us you know and one guy said ah sure our jerseys would beat you on, your, on their own they didn't put out anyone they just put out the jerseys they'd beat <laughs> you couldn't dare back because it's been long time. that's where we were Kilkenny 60 minutes away from their 16th All-Ireland that's the question of the moment the bubble of excitement from the crowd and the game is on Tipperary playing with a very strong breeze it was really blustery by looks yeah. at watching the game, it was really windy, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe sun, maybe, I see lots of caps on him in the... Well, that was a fashion. You know, but he had it in the first half, yeah. and then he'd have it off in the second half, yeah, and then the Tipperary goalkeeper who was uh, Dunahoo had it on yeah. the second half then as well, so maybe there was a to, glit. To a fashion game. piece as well. <laughs> no helmets, of course. Yeah. We were playing against the wind and the rain the first half. And, uh, and it's a goal! It's a goal! Early in the game, Paddy Moore hit a free into the canal goal, as we call it, the Dabham goal nowadays, and... Uh, Went all the way to the back of the net. Paddy Moore on the scorer. Kilkenny one goal. That was really the most important score because it gave us something to hang on to. Good start. Good start. Yeah. You know, as you know well, mm. it takes three points to catch up to a goal, you know, and, and uh, against the win. And it got a point, actually. It got a one, one up to yeah. the most score yeah, yeah. the first yeah. few minutes. Yeah. I think Ollie's injury relaxed us a bit. At least it, uh, it took the focus off. The game. And, and we were, is Ollie going to be or is he going to, you know, mm -hmm. and it sort of. Uh, you know, and even for himself, for Ali's own uh, game as well, as you saw, he was absolutely brilliant. High into the goal mouth, Ali Walsh blocks it down, Sean McLaughlin pads it across in front of the goal, and in there on top of it is Johnny Neal, and Ali Walsh has got the ball. Out he comes, but despite the tackles of the temporary man, and listen to that crowd roar. Ali was magnificent, oh, in particular no, no. in the first half. Yeah. Um, he came out with ball, side set three or four yeah, legs. Yeah, you know, yeah. it was actually laughing watching Ali because it's like if you go to the side, to the right or to the left, maybe it might have been easier. But yeah. he went straight out the middle, yeah. side set with three or four temporary yeah. lads, and then he gave a clearance, a big clearance away yeah, as well. Yeah. And that rose the team every yeah. single time. Yeah. You know, it was yeah, like a brain yeah. low on clearance up yeah. clear back in the nineties. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. um, yeah. And that really, like, for me, that self belief to look that mm. you were coming mm. out with these balls and yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and he's still getting the clearances and it was great yeah. excitement and atmosphere and But the major influence of the match for me uh, personally was that you know from Ollie up to Paddy Moore in the centre field like you know they were the backs were just magic mm. and similarly in the in, in the minor finals that I played in the backs were always the best mm. in, in the finals like mm. you know what I mean mm. they were just mm. determined and they probably never let it they don't get the mm. don't get the I suppose um, the, the praise the praise yeah, yeah the, that, that they the should get Len Gaynor's puck is blocked down by Eddie Kerr, across to Claus Dunn, Claus Dunn now 60 yards out, sidestepping Kieran Carey, he's working his way through, he takes a shot, it's high, it's dropped into the goal mouth, it's hopped out over the end line and it's wide, and in on the middle of the photographers down on the uh, line or just behind the line there goes Nolo Gorman, I don't know whether any lenses were broken or not. Hurling wasn't the, an easy game to cover at that time because... Uh, we didn't have facilities we have now, you know. <laughs> the cameras, were, like I went to Croke Park with a fixed lens camera, and literally, I might still be at home. A fixed lens? A, 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 a fixed lens you, was that there was no latitude, you, you there was no telephoto. Okay. I couldn't close in and close out. So for me to get the action, I nearly had to be on the pitch. I used to set myself up on the, uh, the canal end. Canal end. Very good reason for that was the light was better down there. You had to pre-focus the, the camera 
and hope that some action will come into that area. <laughs> That's what hope, it does yeah. And can you remember 67, the, the, the day itself, the final? Like, again, as I presume as a photographer, it, it, you're looking at shots and you're not, re- you know, looking through a lens, so it's actually hard to see how the game is going, maybe. Or Well, all I remember was that it was a tough match. Quite tough, actually. And uh, uh, those were the times when there was no helmets, there was no protection of any kind, and you'd be kind of worried about the players. And uh, Tipperary always played a very physical game that was was just for that match but before that and that was their policy and they were always big strong men you know whereas Kilkenny were more finesse and stylish and uh, I think on that day I think Tipperary were fairly confident Mm -hmm. because they had been beaten Kilkenny over successive years if you even look at the team photograph they look very smug on themselves you know (laughs) And I think they were, they were expecting to win. Tom Brett has actually brought in a few articles and pictures here. Um, I suppose these boys, you know, John Dyle was had eight All Irelands and he was going for a ninth. So a lot of them had actually a lot of medals in their pockets, all right. And yeah. They hadn't they hadn't um, lost to Kenny in forty five years. So I suppose you could say maybe they could, they could be smug, maybe or, or overly confident. But um, yeah. And if you and Kenny obviously they had a few younger boys coming in and they, they had and a lot of them had been playing together for a long time, you know. Uh, but uh, there was a great GA writer in the Kilkenny people at the time uh, his name was Peter Hoolan but we never got bylines his name was Uncommon that was his uh, non-diplume okay. and he was a very good GA coverage he was, uh, he was actually originally from Thomastown but can I read out just the first paragraph yeah. here I have often heard it said it's the, the uh, preview the to the All-Ireland Kilkenny make their the 32nd All-Ireland final appearance at Crow Park on Sunday against all rivals Tipperary whom they have not beaten in a championship game for 45 years will it be the same old story on oh Sunday or will Kilkenny break the hoodoo oh will it, be if I it goes on then apart from the glamour association with the All-Ireland final there are issues in this game which invests with more than ordinary importance. I won't go on, but the team, if I can call it out, was uh, in goal, Ollie Walsh, full back line, Ted Carroll, Pat Dillon and Jim Tracy. Half back was Seamus Clear, Pat Henderson, uh, Martin Coogan. Centre field was Mart- uh, Paddy Morn and John Tien. Half forward line was Eddie Kerr, Tom Welsh and Claude Stone. Full forward line was Jim Bennett, Jim Lynch, and uh, Martin Brennan. The subs were Noel Skeen, Dick Blanchfield, uh, Pat Foley, Pat Carl, Frank Cummins, Chad Whelan, and John Kinsler. As oh dear me, how will it be if I die an old maid in a garret? My name is John Kinsler. I work here with Casey Lowry's on Sunday night. And there was a sub on the famous Kilkenny team of 1967. There was something in in the atmosphere about the day that it was going to be Kilkenny's day. People felt that way. That this is going to be Kilkenny's day. If it didn't be Tip, then it might never be Tip again. That kind of way. And I was lucky enough to be a sub because all these lads were there in the dressing room. Like Ali was the late Ali, God bless them. Eddie Kerr, Paddy Moore, Shamey Clear, Jim Tracy. The whole, they were all my heroes growing up as such. We hurled over in Bennett's Bridge in the ring as small lads. Everybody wanted to be a decar, including <laughs> me. But uh, the game went, it was, it was a tough game. Eddie Care to take it about 25 to 30 yards out from the goal, and I'm sure he'll try for a point this time. Just uh, obviously, Eddie, you went, you went for it, you got a free about five minutes into the game, and you went for a goal. 
Is that a goal? I'd say I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> I looked like you struck it well enough just, there too, uh, but uh, mm, yeah, I think it came back yeah. out and you got a point out. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and both of you, like, the freeze back then you walk up and you hit it without even barely looking mm-hmm. I was like well lads take mm-hmm. your time mm-hmm. on it yeah, <laughs> take an extra t- maybe two, two or three seconds yeah, yeah, look, sure, but it was sure. up yeah. rise and strike and um, John about the freeze like I had to roll lift freeze because the ground could be terrible you yeah. couldn't get under the ball like with a chance jab lifting jab lift, yeah. did you jab lift it or roll lift it no, I I chop it up. I, I I go under it. Did you? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but like in league matches in the winter and yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. could be tough, no, muck in front yeah. of them. It wouldn't yeah. be consistent. No, it wouldn't be consistent. This is yeah. where Tommy Mar's mechanical mind would work as well. Mm. Like you know, mm. the rise of the ball was all important. The position mm. of your feet is important mm. and the yeah. strength. Even down to that that coaching there. Like oh that, yeah, God, I, I, I'm going back to Kieran's now. He be out with me, hour perfecting hour. the best way, and it, like he used to always say to me the first most important thing is to rise the ball properly mm-hmm. if you don't rise it properly you're not going to hit it so you know you'd see that sometimes like, they'd be looking at the goal and they'd be looking at that you know, and then it you know uh, instead of making sure that you rise it properly a switch in the temporary team has Jimmy Doyle on the half line and Donny Nealon in there with the ball now in the full line Donny working his way through a shot and it's a goal Tony Nealon, the scorer, as Tipperary now lead one goal and three points to Kilkenny's one goal and one, almost halfway through the first half. I can remember exactly where I was sitting. I was only six or seven years of age, but I can remember exactly where I was sitting, which would be right behind where Brian Cody stands now. So that's where I was actually sitting and at that day. The match itself, obviously, I wouldn't have had many memories of. I can remember one thing about the match in the fact that there was a big thing around, a big smuzzle around the goal, and I remember my father coming out with the ball, and the thing was I picked it off the ground at the time. Now, obviously, I have the DVD, and I've seen it a million times since, and it's great to look back on, but those are the memories I have of the day. The other memory I have then, unfortunately, is that uh, they used to uh, meet in the Hollybrook Hotel that time and after the match we went back but as you know Tom Welch got a serious injury and which is only made clear after they came back to the hotel. Yeah, yeah, that was a, a bitter, a bitter sweet really for yeah. the whole team. Nearly like well, you know, well, it was completely from my dad as well because the two of them were from Thomastown and they were really, very, very, very close. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have, you know, they've always been very close. So I mean, it was, you know, it was, a, it was a bit, bit bittersweet. But you know, I, it, you could sense, even though I was only a young kid, you could sense the the agony of that. But you could obviously you could see the joy of having beaten Tip for the first time in forty years. Yeah. That'd be unfortunate to the likes of you now who, <laughs> who had a good record yeah. against them. Again, we've, we've been fortunate now. We've yeah, had, we've had a massive amount of battles over the, uh, yeah. the last 10 years and yeah. some of them games obviously they, they've, we, we've drew a number of them and we would have won by a point maybe in a couple or two so. yeah I think people tend to t- forget that you know when you see a result and you think oh can you have big tip 20 times but the fact of the matter is you're right like for us looking on there were some of the greatest matches ever like I mean any of them you can pick out to 2009-2010 the match in the park and the, in the qualifier any of them at all like even league match you go back to even this year yeah, the league yeah. match in Turles this year was one of the best hurling matches you'll see and uh, that day. yeah it's it's just the rivalry has always been there at that time it was the opposite to what it was you know yeah. uh, up to now we'll say that Tip had, had the upper hand it was nip and tuck then to half time it was hardly hurling now <laughs> Loose. No place. I've got a loose hurling there from the commentator. Well, I'd describe it as hardy hurling. Yeah, a little different today. Today, not things that lads will be excited for today. They'll be banned this. Well, he'll be banned by his own team for not doing it that time. We're in the last minute of the first half. Tommy Walsh, low and hard. Ball blocked down by Len Gaynor.
we made it to half time and we were still well in the game like there wasn't much in it and five or six points our, our backs were holding well uh, and our forwards had yet to get into it and I think there was an air of optimism at half time as regards uh, our chances back. you know that this might be the day that we break that hoodoo and win another all turning defence into attack as he sends it up between Ted Carroll who's got the ball and Sean McLaughlin you know we, we were comfortable at half time mm. I think because of the wind thing mm. early as well yeah. we, and they weren't flowing like, mm. you know mm. the, we got a couple of breaks definitely mm. I mean mm. Paddy Moore's goal as you mm. said Mick first mm. off mm. Uh, was, was magical like you know mm. and they, they missed the opportunities as they were saying the backs were playing the backs were playing so massively yeah, very yeah. tight on the yeah, back yeah. so I'd say um you know, you sensed at half time that they were beginning to crack like. And the referee blows his whistle for this free by Tom Walsh. He missed, fires with it, he sends it into the goal mouth. It's, if it's a goal, it's a goal, it's a goal for Kilkenny. It's a goal for Kilkenny. Somebody got it in there. Somebody got it. It was a miss hit free. It went in, and I wouldn't be surprised, in fact, if it was one of the backs. They started on like it was Tom Welch who got a goal in the first maybe seven or eight minutes, I think, of the second yeah, half. Yeah, vital yeah. as well. Vital, yeah, yeah, but Tom yeah. was an outstanding forward. He had been on two all the minor winning teams. Uh, and he played a big part of him. And it looked as if he was going to have a tremendous career. Like he was only twenty three or four, sixty seven, and he won won his second senior medal that day. And this uh, is his first time I centre forward, I think yeah. maybe normally corner, was he? Well corner, yeah, or wing. Yeah. Uh, we played centre forward for Thomastown obviously. Okay, so he's well used but, to that uh, position. He was he was he was appeared to be going to be one of our greats. He's mighty now, yeah. And he was mowing down on you know, his career was cut short that day and like I know Tom quite well and and uh, it's great credit to him that he hasn't um, he's not embittered by Bitter, it. No, he's, uh, he's but he retained his love of the game. From that day onwards, I can, you know, it's a fair credit to him for that. You know. credit to him, yeah. There was one particular incident in the second half, and I think it was Babs Keaton brought through the bottom the half lane, and Paddock came to kind of intercept him, and there was one of his chip players inside, and Pat intercepted with a big, with a hurdle. So right, yeah. if that ball had to win, we could have been in trouble, you know. So. Yeah, because Tip were coming at that stage, so too, there was yeah. a lot of pressure in the We were, were never like that far ahead, but. We felt we were always in control of the game. At like, the same you know, time, yeah. Um, and again, goals back then were quite common, weren't they? Like, you could get two or three goals in the space indeed, of yeah. two or three minutes. You know, now it's a bit harder, obviously. It is indeed, yeah. Uh, but and and yeah. half time, you were down by about five or six from, from memory, five or six points. But again, you were against the Gale Force. Yeah, yeah. Can you remember yeah. at about half time, we're at, well, people, as, as you said, or people, or the boys, like, kind of just calm and look we're not doing too bad we've we've played against a strong breeze yeah, well we were fairly well motivated and we knew what we had to do in the second half and the lads went out and really got the scores in the second half you and know, got a great start to the second half again with Tom's goal and, right, and a yeah. point um, right, yeah. and I believe Father Tymar had a I had a big influence, influence. on us that time you know yeah. he was brilliant and he kept everyone calm and he went to everyone individually and told them what their job was and what they had to do you know and he was he was brilliant at the time, and sure Mick Lanigan was our trainer then at the time as well, so he was brilliant, so to get his fit. Yeah, Mick was doing a bit to get the fitness going, he was That's telling right, me, all right, yeah. um, yeah, and, and he really enjoyed that too. Oh, and Mick went off and looked at games and right, tried, yeah. to, tried to come up with ideas of what yeah. best suited the, the team. And to be fair to him, back then laps would have been very, very common to a certain degree. We, did, we, did, we didn't do any physical training, which was all laps at the field and short sprints, you know. Short sprints, then, that, that's what came in, and Mick brought in that. No, then, and just to poke the ball up and down the field to one another, but... We didn't do any gym work or anything, mm. you know. 
There was no gyms around at that time. <laughs> no, no. Uh, you're strong. You're a strong old devils back then. I know a lot of you would have been in, yeah. you know, physical, physical work, physical like work at some yeah, stage yeah. Uh, yeah. or the day. Yeah. John O'Donoghue with the puck out for the Tipperary men. Remember Kilkenny playing with the wind in the second half. Out comes the ball into the centre of the field. Ball is knocked down by Paddy Moran. Takes all stump. The Kilkenny men rampant now. Swallowing up the field as if the ball was stuck to his hurley. He takes his shot and there's the equaliser. And there was another Kilkenny man in action on that day, which a lot of people don't know about. He actually refereed the All-Ireland minor hurling final that day against Wexford and Cork. It was Paddy Johnson. Paddy would have been the member of the, uh, the Undertaker family in Kilkenny. No doubt Paddy was eager to, to get his seat in after the game and to sit down for the, for the <laughs> Kilkenny tip one. Yeah, um, yeah. was it, would there be certain players that you'd be looking out for now on, on the field, you know, in terms of action shots and that, uh, as you said earlier? <clears> well, I know. mean, like in recent years, you, you, you had forwards. It's kind of unfair in a way because the forwards are the guys who get the publicity. A lot of lane like, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they do, and that's because they get the goals. I often mm-hmm. think it's a bit unfair. Uh, even when it comes to getting awards, you find the guy who gets the goals gets the awards. That's very true. Yeah. And uh, but that's the way the game is, you know. Yeah. And uh, I can understand is. fellas like Tom Welsh now. Tom Welsh to me was a hero at the time. He was, God, he looked so great. You know, when he get the ball and he's flying down the pitch and his blonde hair flying in the wind and <laughs> he's sidestepping and oh, he was fantastic. The blonde know? bombshell, that's what they call him. Yeah, uh, he was fantastic. And uh, uh, it was unfortunate. He, in, a, in a way, sort of, uh, what happened to him was very sad. But you have to say, and I would always admire the way he played, he was a fantastic player. Mm, yeah, he had a big, big day that day, to be fair to him. And as yeah. I said previously, he was probably for me nearly my man in the match that day in terms of um, what he con- contributed um, as centre forward. I suppose I knew the game well enough to know where the action was going to be. Yeah. And I mean, you knew if Ollie Walsh or, uh, was there, he was going to create action. Mm. Eddie Kerr was going to create action. Tom Walsh was going to create action. And Pat Dillon was going to create action. And they're all great guys for creating action. <laughs> But that's the pitch I took at half time. It shows Ollie running off the pitch and he's really full back line, which is uh, Pa Dillon, Jim Tracy and Ted Carroll. But if you see there the way his arm is bandaged. And then mm. another picture of Tom Welsh now. Tom, this picture was taken in the, during training for the All-Ireland and I, I took it and i just glad I have it now. It's, it's a portrait picture of Tom Welsh, which I did in Northern Park a couple of nights before the All-Ireland. And if I can read the caption, is our picture of Tom was taken during training for the All-Ireland Hurling Final. Shows him in the familiar hand-on-hip position. He's wearing his Leinster jersey. Tom was from Thomastown, lost an eye as a result of an injury he sustained in Sunday's game. He played a brilliant game on the half-forward line and in the accident happened shortly after he had scored Kilkenny's vital goal in the second half. Tom was engaged to... Miss Angela Grace, daughter of County Secretary Paddy Grace. So I had to write on my own captions. They had to make sense and they had to give information. I always thought he was a very brave man, the way he took that injury and just got on with it, you know. And I spoke to numerous people and spoke to Tom himself and just... Again, it's very heartfelt in terms of what happened to him and, you know, obviously winning all Ireland and all mm. that. And here was Tom inside in hospital with his wife and that. And it's heartbreaking even to, to talk yeah. about it and think about it. And even meeting him, I have to say, is even a bit, you know, conscious of it. And, yeah. um, and he was just in great form. Number 11, Tom Walsh to take it. Eddie Carey is usually the sharp shooter of taking these frees, but he has been off. Today hasn't been 
from my own, you know, I, I wasn't, I'd have to say I didn't play, I wasn't playing well. I didn't feel that I was playing well. Uh, but just at the time, like, that we were beginning to pick the holes, oh, in, I, 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 I got the belt in the, in the wrist. And I never had to go off with an injury before. And I, I couldn't, um, I remember um, getting the belt and the ball broke around and I went and I, cu I couldn't understand how I couldn't hold the hurl in yeah. my hand. And I, I changed it to the left hand and I remember tapping it out like Claus Dunn was out here yeah, to try and hit it out to him with my left hand. And then I felt felt my arm and I felt the bone sticking out. So um, anyway, I, I Jack Cuddy, he came in then. My day was done. And he said, oh, your, your arm is broken. Uh, so he brought me off to the sideline. Mm -hmm. And obviously he saw I was going to shock. shock. I, I never drank as he was a pioneer. And he, he looked at me and said, uh, I know you're a pioneer, he said, but I'm prescribing this. And he took a, a <laughs> bottle of brandy out of his pocket. With the ball now, a high one in towards the goal mouth, and Ali Walsh has come back for it, but he doesn't have to get to it. The ball is knocked down and cleared out by Chet Carroll. Where it comes into the centre of the field, the referee blows his whistle and awards a free two to Pereri for a foul pull there. And Eddie Kerr has gone off the Kilkenny team, and Dick Blanchfield is on. Uh, Tip only scored one point in the second half of that match. I think that must be a record of some description, yeah, you know, that the team would only score one point. And, but it showed, as the match went on, uh, the Kenny team looked fitter. Yeah. It wasn't that they were looking fitter, they were actually fitter, sure. you know. They last. They were able to last the the, the, last the, the time, last the pace, yeah, because even the, f the middle third of the second half, remember, it was a real, it was a hairy, hairy enough time because Tipperary were coming, uh, Babs Keaton was getting on a bit That's of ball right. and he was sending it into the full, full forward line, but remember one ball, Teen got there about 10 minutes to go, well actually sorry, it was Jimmy Doyle who got it and he went on a bit of a solo run, next thing Teen came over, slapped it out, slapped the ball out of his hand I think, ball bounced on the ground, up into his hand and struck it on then into the Kenny's forward line, again seeing that and that again lifted the crowd, lifted the team and and that that kind of turnover is, is key to any that time. Oh, I'd say. Yeah. Unfortunately, it was the last match that Tom Walsh played. You know, you know he was brilliant, and Eddie got hurt as well during that broke, match. Broke bone in his arm. His puck blocked down by Jim Bennett. Jim recovering, lost cast as it were there for the oh, a hard pull there across Tom Walsh, and there is a very definite free in for. Kilkenny is Tom Walsh down injured yeah. you remember Tom you got a bad belt um, in the leg I think it was by maybe what it was, it was Gaynor the half back I think mm, he yeah, actually he, swung he broke the hurl off, broke the hurl off yeah, mm, swung mm, the opposite way mm, yeah, which was a, a very bad pull yeah. um, I think maybe Dunn still to take it you were still on the ground getting treatment mm. <laughs> and the game just keeps on going on right, and he said yeah. the doctor was in and out mm. I think Brennan got a bad belt near the end of the game too doctor oh. in you know tied up a bit of blood or yeah. a bit of blood and, and on you go again like there was yeah. the, the other thing about that match there was only three subs allowed that time 
That's right, yeah. So uh, the, uh, Jim Lynch had broken fingers and he couldn't come off. Oh, yeah, uh, because right, they, had, yeah. they, had, they couldn't bring in another sub. There were three subs on. Mm. So if you'd have another injury, or even a blood, uh, could your blood sub come on back then? Oh, you there know, was no a, thing. A, that's <laughs> a <sub. laughs> just that's a, that's a put a plaster <laughs> and <laughs> kept going. Yeah. Just yeah. wipe off the blood. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, he was the busiest man on the field, Kieran Cuddy, this day. After 12 minutes of the second half, Eddie got a belt from Gaynor and broke his wrist. Kieran Cuddy he was off again, off, off to the uh, hospital again nearly, but he didn't leave the field actually. He, he stayed with Eddie at that particular time. And then five minutes from the end, he saw me getting the hit and he ran out on the field. And he, he, I said to him, I, I, I knew that I had blood on my hand when I, when I got the hit. And he, he said, I said to him, what's wrong, uh, Kieran? Put a plaster on it and I'll go on, you see. Mm. And he said, and he's waving, waving mm. like this. Like, and he's very flustered, like, you know. So consequently, he only told me, I think about 25 years later, that he ran out without his first aid bag. And he was trying to contact the first aid lads to come out because mm. he hadn't a plaster to put on. <laughs> so they, they walked me off uh, after, after that and, and Kieran Cuddy had me in an ambulance within 15 minutes and I was heading for the Rye Hospital and my career was over. And mm. just on that time, did you lose a bit of sight at that second? Like, were your eyes blurry or anything, or did you know yourself maybe the, the seriousness of it? Or? No, I didn't know it. Sir. But Kieran was a pathologist, like, so he knew full well that my eye wasn't going to be there tomorrow. Yeah, okay. You know, that kind of a way. And uh, no, I mean, no, the, the, the hit was in, I got worse ones, like, let's say, mm, mm. Uh, in my career. But I mean, like, it was just one of those things. The wrong area. Like, yeah. you know? mm. And. Uh, I, no, I didn't, uh, but I, w I think I was sedated. I think he hit me when he got me in the ambulance, like, you know, mm. uh, because I was, on, Martin, yeah. my brother, was actually in the ambulance as well. Okay. And uh, so we hopped across the river then, and I went to the Royal Iron okay. And I was sedated most of the night then before I went to the theatre the next morning. Okay. And do you know what was going on? Obviously, you're sedated, but did you know the lads? Obviously, like you won the All Ireland final. Were you aware of that? that I was aware of that. So I was in and out of consciousness, like you know what I mean. But Kieran came over like even late in the evening to see me as well, like okay. you know what I mean. And he brought Angela, my late wife, like well. you know what I mean, uh, over to say hello. And all she was saying was that whatever happens to Tom tomorrow, like uh, I'm going to be married the next August. <laughs> 1968. <laughs> <laughs> and, That's all she was worried about. And she said it a hundred times, he said, Kieran said. And uh, we were married in, 19, in, in August uh, 68. And was that anything, Tom, in relation to like planning? Like, like nowadays, you, from what I know of, you, you can't plan anything. Very hard to plan a weekend away or a, mm -hmm. a trip away anywhere. So, because obviously yeah. the hurling season, there's a lot of fixtures and a lot of training. And sure. Was that, was that the same thing there? Like, literally, that. Well, it was, you see, but Michael has come from a different angle, you see. Like, Angela was planning. Uh, we had been going out for about five years, I think, mm -hmm. as you were saying, like, am I here to wait forever? Like, you know? <laughs> and so she got the pick of the date. Okay. And the date was going to be really that. Paddy Grace, my father-in-law, was the county secretary, and he would be always very, very busy up into the back end of August, mm -hmm. giving out tickets. It was major in their house, like, yeah. you know what I mean? It was uh, like a, a, a public house, uh, in a sense. But um, so consequently, 
we planned for it uh, that it wouldn't interfere with the other and that I'd be in in 1968. <laughs> okay. my, that didn't ever happen <laughs> for me. <laughs> it's John Doyle to take this line ball and it put all the vim, vigour and vitality of his native Holy Cross into this one. He sends it well up the field. We look back on and see the video on YouTube. The injuries that were there were some poor Tom Lynch had a serious injury now. That was but other injuries, like to the maze of could be cured a bottle of water at that time. Because when you went down injured, people run out on the field and they'd say, How are you? They'd throw water and if you got built on the leg or something, they'd rub your leg with water. It's magic water, whatever it was. The, the water cured everything, and then you could drink the water and you were back on your feet and you gave yourself a little rub and on you went again. Mm. So I was sent in with about seven or eight minutes to go. And Father Mass told me, go in there, he said, and make a nuisance of yourself. Which I've been doing since. But uh, we, I ran around and ran into people and hit a few balls and I, I nearly scored a point. Ted Carroll still busting away with John Flanagan. Time ticking away now. Is, you, you, when you're there on, at, on the day and go out on the field, you don't really notice the crowd. You're concentrating on what you have to do. That was the train. Stop tip from winning and try and win ourselves, that kind of way. Referee looking at his watch now. Any moment now, the final whistle and, uh, will go. It's only after the game, then you look around and you say, up in the stand, look back down, and to see your faces. And everybody was happy, everyone was smiling. And it was great to look at it that way, that kind of way. And the game is over, and Sir Kenny are the champions. When the game was over, Oh, um, excitement is unbelievable. People were carried showing the high off the field. The relief being taped, that kind of way. Kilkenny have defeated Tipperary in an All-Ireland final with the score. Kilkenny, three goals and eight points. Tipperary, two goals and seven. After the game, no. what, what was it like? Can you remember? Ah, sure, it was. We were, first of all, we didn't realise the severity of Tom Welch's injury. Mm. We knew he was gone off injured. He got an eye injury. And Mike Lotsford just thought he got a cut in the forest. Mm. We didn't notice his eye at the time. Tom wants oh. a plaster. He said, get yeah, me a plaster yeah, there yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, we yeah, go yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, but we didn't know he was taken away to Mater Hospital okay. in the hospital. And so it was just an all-earning victory. Well, it was euphoria. Mm. There was men crying. There was... <laughs> did, you go, did you go out on the field? Oh, out on the field. Everyone was out on the field. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the uh, lads were shoulder to the home and standing. Hey, President. Reverend Fathers, ladies and gentlemen. It's a great honour for me to receive the McCarthy Cup on behalf of the Kilkenny team. It is even a greater honour for me to receive it when this Tipperary we beat. We've been trained for 45 years now. I would like to thank all the members of the team who made this victory possible. And with that, I'd like to thank the members of the county board, selectors. I didn't think about the speech actually. Good man. You know, I didn't really think about it. I just had nothing written down or anything. I just sent up and said a few words. That I had no clue for folklore at the time. So, I sent up and said a sharp few words and thanked a few people in at the cup and sure everyone was elated. Oh, you, you, after reading it for after 40 years, you know. Doesn't matter what you said now, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the speeches go on a bit as well. So. They do, and look, they can, um, they can play on players' minds as well, actually, oh, and cause nerves, yeah. and even the Irish part too. Yeah. A, lot, a lot of us are not fluent in Irish, yeah, yeah. Uh, unfortunately. And, um, yeah. 
and you know you're trying to learn off a piece of Irish right, and maybe yeah, some yeah. and are bringing a piece of paper and yeah. it oh, can cause extra nerves terrible, and extra pressure terrible distraction yeah, yeah. I, I know myself 2009 yeah. I had uh, I was captain and I was, I was a sub to be honest and yeah, yeah. I didn't I wasn't sure what, what way I was going to go and oh, what was going to yeah, happen yeah, and yeah. I used to look I, I'd, I'd get a bit of a speech ready get it out get it done dusted two or three weeks before the game and yeah. that was it left That's alone then yeah. and concentrating the training sessions yeah. but definitely I've seen it before that yeah. it can affect players oh and, I can um, but I didn't really think yeah, about it yeah. the train because I didn't really do that I just said a few words that came to my mind and that was it there, we noticed that Eddie Kerr just to the left of the uh, group in the centre, Eddie with his coat over his shoulder is uh, just behind Pa Dillon there and uh, he has his arm in a sling and Jim Tracy holding the cup high as he leaves the stand and what a mobbing he's going to get when he One comes One memory stick out in my mind I suppose after getting the cup and getting to come down the stand and uh, First uh, person I met at this bush is standards my father. Oh, great. So, Down the Hogan stand was at the end yeah. of the Hogan. I don't know how we got into it, but he how, was there. How anyway. you even... Yeah. He, was, he was there anyway. Because <laughs> the crowds would have came in onto the yeah. field and you know, obviously the heist of the players up on the yeah. shoulders. It's a great spectacle looking at that. Oh, you know, obviously things have changed now, yeah, unfortunately, in one sense. But that's but, what the memory is sick out in your mind, you know. Yeah. So. And the dressing room afterwards, was there... Just, ah, there were great celebrations yeah, so, and yeah. sure. We used to stay out in the Hollybrook Hotel out in Clantark for that time, and then it was a popular spot for you. Oh, uh, very popular, yeah, it was very popular. Yeah. Just the sad thing about it, that day, we had a few injuries, and mm. Tom Welsh lost an eye in the, in the proceeds, so it was a bit of a damper on the day, like, but it was great excitement as well. Coming down after the game in the car, was it just again? Oh, yeah, but once you got to um, the border, like. Uh, just at morning row we'll say there the bonfires would be lighting and they'd be lighting in every village the whole way down like, you know, and I'd be traversing the whole we'd be traversing the whole county to get home like. and everywhere there was a player especially oh, yeah. there something going on uh, people out the streets yeah it was a great night here on the Monday night in Kilkenny when the lads that time they come back in the train the following day yeah, yeah. Monday evening yeah uh, well Monday night actually and the reception used to be in the courthouse Oh, down yeah, like close, yeah, close yeah, stones, I presume. Yeah, 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 and up on the balcony there. Okay. And, uh, the now, was there a bus right? Oh, yeah. No, a lorry. A lorry. A lorry. I'd help them safety. I said, they'd come in to play. There'd be two or three bands would play from the railway station. Down, we'd all be up at the railway station. Okay. And then we'd race down the back streets to get to the courthouse before they'd arrive down there. And the people would be hanging out the windows all around John Street. And all oh, the excitement was. So, unbelievable. Unbelievable. You're probably missing one or two players. Obviously, Tom was, was still in hospital. Tom and was missing uh, Eddie was in hospital, another hospital up in Dublin, I think, the matter maybe. And he was, I think he, he made it down for the homecoming. He, home he, was, down, he was down already. That, that, that I remember night. the homecoming was, was wet in Kilkenny that was night. Was it? Someone from the open old plastic mac out <laughs> of the lorry. Stick, <laughs> stick it on you. We didn't worry about the rain. <laughs> and, and where would you went after that then? Uh, would we you went down to the Metropole Hotel down in oh, the end of Harlem Street there. I, st- I stayed in in, um, in the hospital that night. Um, Kay was with me, and uh, I had I can't remember whether it was that night or in the morning. Um, I went for an operation on the 
the wrist or the mm. arm was about there and um, I don't know I said the fellow didn't do a good job on it anyway but I, I went down for the homecoming then and oh, you were I in a sling that I was time, in yeah. a sling mm-hmm. I was in pain as well yeah uh, anyway the, I mean the excitement of the homecoming and beaten tip I mean there was a there was a huge sense in Kilkenny of the we finally did it, you know. So the homecoming was massive. I didn't get to enjoy it fully in a more than Tom. For Kilkenny Hurling people, to mind the great days, like between 47 and 67, we had won three All Ireland 47, 63, and 67. And then between 67 and 87, we won eight. Mm. So it was the start of a great, a great mm. run. And, and I would consider that the team that followed on, the 67 team, on into the 70s. They played five all Irons in a row, 71, 2, 3, 4 and 5. Were beaten 71 by Tip, 172, beaten by 73 by Limerick, 174, 175. I would say next, before the Brian Cody era, they were the team I would rate the greatest team, greatest companion mm-hmm. of my life. Mm-hmm. I can't speak about the great men in the 30s or the great men that won the seven all Irons. Or four to thirteen, mm. you know, but there must have been great men as well. But from what you've seen, you know, witnessed, seen, yeah, witnessed, that's, that's, that's a fair point. Those gallants from the Noor. The hoodoo has been broken, and we've outsted Tip at last, in a game to be remembered until Gabriel blows his blast. The day was wet and windy, and the rain began to pour, but nothing could deter or stop those gallants from the Noor. In the first half with the wind and rain, their score was very small. For five points was the meagre lead when again they played the ball. Tipperary lashed in three quick points and I thought as off before. Just another repetition from those gallants from the Noor. But they seemed inspired and never tired with zest that naught could still and showed to all, both big and small, their courage, speed and skill. Pat Moran and Tiern were never seen to her like that before, and long they'll be remembered as the gallants from the Noor. An ollie in between the sticks gave another great display, while the men out front, like a great stone wall, let nothing pass the way. Though the forwards tried to get inside, the back line closed the door, and that's another reason why they're the gallants from the Noor. Now Martin Coogan played a game I never will forget, should the way he hurled tips Jimmy Doyle, they're talking of it yet. While Kylie, Ryan and Keating and our Seamus tried to score, but was clear who was the master and a gallant from the Noor. Come fill your cup and lift it up and join me in a toast to the men in black and amber who really are the most. They've lifted hurling from the mire after 40 years or more. May blessings fall on one and all those gallants from the Noor. Those Gallants from the Noor by Dick Farrell In this programme we analyse the 1967 game between Kilkenny and Tipperary. Happily Kilkenny were victorious. Join me this time next week for the final programme in this series where we explore the legacy of the 1967 team and management. I'm Michael Fenley. Thank you to all the guests who contributed and thank you for listening. 
September 3rd, 1967, the Black and Amber Tide Turns, presented by Michael Fenley, produced by Monica Hayes, Linda Mooney and Sue Nunn. September 3rd, 1967, the Black and Amber Tide Turns was made with the support of the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with a television licence fee and is sponsored by Castlecomer Credit Union, celebrating 50 years of dedicated service to our members since 1967.